Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I want to talk about how only losers don't ask for help. I kind of feel like one of those like early 90s don't do drugs like videos, like only losers use drugs. Well, only losers don't ask for help because it turns out that you can't do everything yourself. And now I know, I know you're like, but Brad, like I, I can, I can do everything myself. I'm fantastic, I'm amazing. Best of luck because, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty smart cookie myself. I um, graduated magna cum laude from law school. I was on law review. I worked as an intern for United States Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. I uh, then went to work for a court where I was made the bailiff, staff attorney, and court administrator for the, the court, all within about seven months of joining there. Went to a law practice and I was made a partner seven, eight months after I joined up at that firm, started a business, built businesses. I've, I've done some incredible things. And I will be absolutely the very first person in line handing out criticisms of this guy because I know I cannot do it all. I know that I screw things up. I know that I'm not the best at anything or everything, but I do know that there are other people out there. There's lots of other people out there actually. And lots and lots of them know how to do lots and lots of different kinds of things. And I know that if I just go to any of these people who are capable of doing these other things that I'm not able to do, and I say, hey, would you be willing to do this in exchange for something? As long as the thing I'm offering in exchange for the value that they're providing is worth it to them, they'll say yes. So I see so many people, so many people commenting on my, my post, talking about, you know, Brad, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to do that. And I'm sitting there like, you guys don't get it, do you? Like, you don't have to know how to do this. I see people complain that they don't have a good enough computer to be able to make content. Like, who said you had to use your own computer? You don't have to use your own computer. Go find somebody who has a computer, who wants to do something like this, doesn't have the guts to do it and say, hey, why don't we put it together, build a, a team together. You give the equipment and like the marketing side, I'll be the personality, do this side. And we'll have somebody else like do something else, like the graphic design and video editing. And you slap all that together and you've got a brand and you have a business where three people are working in harmony to be able to do something together. Okay. But if you're going to sit there and go, well, this is my brand and I don't want anybody else helping me. And you're going to get pretty much exactly as much as you're capable of now. Now for you, that may feel like enough. That may be enough for you, but there are people out there who don't see it that way. There are people who want to blow way past you. And so this advice is for them. So if you, if you've already tuned out because you think you're already perfect and don't need help, I'm nothing I can do for you anyway. Right. But for those of you sitting around going, man, Brad, like what, like, what is it that I need to do? How can I begin this journey of growing and developing, creating something that I can, you know, look forward to every day and possibly make money doing? I would take inventory of what you're good at, right? Figure out what you are capable of doing and not just capable, you know, figure out what you're capable of. Yes. But also figure out what do you excel at? What are you phenomenal at? What are you great at? And then on the flip side, what are you not so good at? 
really take a good look at your flaws. You know, a lot of people are, you know, too proud to admit they have flaws. Um, when I was an attorney, I would deal with other attorneys and I could tell who the people who were not good attorneys were based on whether or not they were willing to admit they didn't know something. And it's really clear when somebody doesn't know something, right? Like we've all been in that situation where they're like, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, I totally get what you're talking about. Like you clearly have no idea what I'm talking about. And it's dead on your face. It's dead in your words. Like I know you have no idea what's going on here. And when I was an attorney, I would see these other attorneys who clearly didn't know the law dealing with clients and trying to BS their way through conversations. And that was not a good thing to do. That was a horrible way to act around clients because the best way to get a client is actually tell them you don't know. Like, I, you know, I've been in this for, you know, so many years. I've seen so many cases. I've dealt with all this, but this one I'm not 100% certain on. Let me go look it up and I'll get back with you for a, for a follow-up. And guess what? You just got a second appointment with a client that you get to talk to them again and convince them that you're the right person now that you know their answers to their questions instead of being blindsided. Like, why, why on earth are you like, hiding the fact that you don't know something. Tell somebody right up front. You know, I'm not certain exactly whether that can be done, but let me take a look. We'll come back, what, a week from now and we can go over this again? Oh yeah, sure sounds good to me. When they say, yeah, sure sounds good to me, they basically bought from you. You just have to go through the motions, okay? But if you're sitting there and you're gonna BS them, they're gonna be like, I'm not sure I trust the guy. He doesn't sound like he really knows what he's talking about. Maybe I should go examine somebody else, talk to other people. Okay, figure out what you don't know because the quicker you can admit what you don't know, the quicker you can go find one of those millions and millions of people out there who already know how to do that thing way better than you ever could, right? People study for years. They go to college for some of this stuff to learn how to do it. And then they sit around waiting for clients because they weren't taught the marketing side of it, right? So if you can go to people and like, hey, I need this thing. Does anybody know how to do it? The people are like, ah, me, I know how to do it. I was trained how to do this. Here's my degree and all this stuff. And they're like, like commodity, really. You can, you can you know, not pay a lot, a lot for stuff you need nowadays because there's already somebody out there who knows how to do it and not just one, there's a lot of them. So figure out what you're not good at, okay? And once you have what you're good at and what you're not good at, go find some people to plug these holes here. Figure out how to fill in the gaps that you have in order to elevate the good stuff that you've got going on, all right? If your thing is your personality and you just draw people to you and you've got that charisma, but you don't got the tech side, you don't really got the promotion side, you don't really know any of the business stuff, you don't need to. Like there's tons of attorneys out there who don't have the personality, who know the business stuff and don't know any of the marketing, be happy to work with you like on the business side of it and you know, help build this business, okay? Or maybe there's a marketer out there who just, you know, they're good with just doing stuff on the computer, but they never want to be in front of a camera. Well, find that person to pair with and you guys can create a business. That's usually how businesses start. You go find a team, you know, I need this person, I need this person, I need that person and this and this. And then you just go start looking for people who have those capabilities and you put them together around a common ideal, a common goal. Obviously they have to be compensated some way. So if you're building a business, you usually give like equity percent or options or you pay them or something, right? Now there are people who will work for free. 
having been a business law attorney, I'm not a big proponent of making people work for free for you. I mean, there should be some compensation, you know, and in some, ex in some instances, like legally required compensation, but I'm not allowed to give that advice. I'm not an attorney anymore. So I'm simply saying, I don't like free labor. I always pay or give something quid pro quo to anybody who's going to work for me because I have to, like, I, I feel like I have to. So what do you do? You go and find these people and I already know. I already know like the biggest question I'm going to get is like, how do I find these people, Brad? <sighs> okay. So there's this thing called the internet. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but on the internet, there's these places called social media websites. Okay. If you go to these social media websites, there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people. Now, one of these social media websites is called LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, you get a list of the different skills that you have. Okay. Now what you can do is you can go to this website called LinkedIn and you can search for these different skills that people have, and you can find the exact people that you need who have the certain skill set that your business requires. And then you send them a message and create a relationship and get to know them, get to know what they got going on in their lives and just feel them out and see if they have any interest in joining on your venture or helping you out or taking on a client or something like that, right? Like that's just one example. Like you could go, like you could just hire a headhunter. I mean, that's an option. If you are the kind of person who's got cash flow and you're like, I don't really want to bother, just go hire someone to do the search for you. Like, I don't, I don't want, I'll, I'll be honest. I personally don't really want to go looking for hires. Looking for hires is a pain in the butt. I've done it in the past and I would rather if people find me people that I can just like sort through that. That seems like a better option to me. Um, now I will admit I have found my best employees that I've ever had were people that I never would have thought to consider as employees. Um, like they didn't go through like the process. They didn't give me resumes. They were just, clearly really good at what they did and like, Hey, like, do you need a thing? And they're like, yeah. So like, if you see someone in the wild who knows what you need or is good at something that you, you think is good, or they're just generally kind of an outgoing personable person that might be good for sales or something like that. Talk to them and say, Hey, how's it going? Do you like what you're doing here? What were you hoping to do with life? And then kind of figure out if that's a good fit for them. Um, so that's what I want to talk about. Like you, you've probably heard the expression, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. Like my three-year-old daughter knows that one. My three-year-old daughter knows that she's not able to do everything herself. I mean, she's three. Like she just was able to fold a towel for the first time by herself the other day. I'm very proud of her. And uh, beyond that though, she's not so capable of folding laundry. So I have her do the things that she's capable of. And I do all of the rest. And at the end, I high five her and say, teamwork makes the dream work. And she's like, yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. Because it's true. She understands. If my three-year-old can understand this, you should be able to understand this. You should be able to apply it yourself. You don't have to do it yourself. And in fact, if you're trying to do it all yourself, you will fail. Like I'm, I'll admit like when I first started the entrepreneur, it was a rocky road. It was a really rocky road because it was all on me. My wife wasn't even helping me. As my wife started to help me, it got a little easier. And as I started to grow some more, I had other people offering to help me out or to get involved. And I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Let me pay you this much or how much are you looking for? And now all well, it's growing quicker and quicker and it keeps growing. And that's how it works. People are playing to their strengths. If you're just going to sit there and moan and complain about having to spend so much time doing this, and I don't have time to do that, or I don't know how to do this. I'm going to have to look up how to do it. You're not doing business right. You're acting like a solopreneur and you're going to get solopreneur rewards out of it. 
figure out how to create a real business, grow, scale, and turn it into something that you can pass on to someone else. Like most people who go into business with a business mindset have the vision of getting out. Almost every investor I've ever talked to, every funder I've ever talked to, they're all focused on the exit strategy. Like you're sitting there like, I want the funder to get in so I can start the business. They're thinking like five years in the future, how do I get out? Like they want to sell their way out. They want to get rid of their stock. They want to cash out because they're here to make the money, right? They don't want to just put money in and now it's locked up in this company forever. No, they, they want some decent return some number of years later so they can invest in something else and something else and something else and keep the money flowing. So same for you. Like how can you make this more profitable? How can you scale this? How can you grow it? How can you turn it into a real business that you can get rid of sometime in the future for a very large lump of money that you then can do whatever you want? Okay. So let me remind you all, organization is the enemy of sloth. Start with just what are you good at? Okay. What are you not good at? And the not good at list is probably going to be substantially longer than the good at list. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit, Brad does not know how to do most things. Most things, Brad is not good. Like I've always kind of prided myself on being a jack of all trades, master of none, uh, which I found out recently actually has like a second half to that saying. So it's jack of all trades, master of none, but still usually better, better than master of one. I'm like, oh, I like that. Like, why doesn't anybody say that part? All right, but I'm generally a jack of all trades, but even then I'm not a musician. I'm not an artist. I'm not a software person. I can't code, I can't program. Um, I'm generally not very good with, you know, paint and stuff like that, handiwork. Like, first to admit all this stuff, right? Cars, man, if you open up the hood of my car and say, you know, what's that? I'm gonna take my best guess. And the, but there's people out there probably listening to this right now, like, man, cars, I know them in the back of my hand, like, but this other stuff I don't know. Maybe if I had a car issue, I go to you. And if you have a business, business issue, come to me. Like, this is how it works. Figure out what you're not good at so you can ask people. You're not gonna be able to ask anybody until you know who you need to ask. And then once you know, it actually comes way quicker than you think it does. It's just a matter of numbers. Ask enough people and eventually you're gonna get a yes. All right. Appreciate you all. This is a fantastic episode. Um, just, I, I really liked this topic when I was coming up with it because it's so true. Like teamwork makes the dream work and only losers don't ask for help. All right. Don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur.